This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good Risings. I'm Liz Earnshaw, and this is Hash It Out. I'm joined this week by Marta Cafone, who practices EMDR therapy, which is a type of therapy that has been proven to really, really help people who are struggling with trauma. And it's also something that I don't think a lot of people know about. And so I wanted to bring Marta on this week just to kind of educate around EMDR and offer insight into how it could help. So welcome back. Thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Thank you. We're going to dive into the first question of the week, if that's okay with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, great. So someone said, Dear Liz, I have a few questions about EMDR. First, my therapist says EMDR can be detrimental if it's not done properly. Do you have any thoughts about this? Second, are there any reasons why someone might not want to do EMDR? For example, are there cases where it's just not right for someone to try it? And third, what are the success rates? So the first question was about, you know, someone's therapist saying it could potentially be harmful. And I agree, it can be. When you're looking for an EMDR therapist, you want to make sure they're either A, certified, or B, working towards certification, because that means that they're getting some supervision from someone who is already a consultant with the EMDR International Association, EMDRIA for short. And so... Yes, if it's not done properly, if someone hasn't been trained effectively, yes, there's this massive text that you could read, but you really want to be getting hands-on practical experience as a clinician to be able to work effectively and safely with clients. The second question was, is there any case where maybe someone shouldn't try it? Is it right for everyone? So I think it's important to no longer be in a very harmful situation if you're trying to work through that. So if you're in a major period of transition or crisis, the number one priority when you're working with someone in EMDR is assessing for safety and for EMDR trauma reprocessing readiness. And so like I said yesterday, it is an eight phase treatment. So yes, we think about the wagging the finger, but that's only a part of it. There's a lot of assessing, there's a lot of resourcing and grounding to help practice emotional regulation because I always tell clients as they're coming in, my number one priority is to make sure you're safe because you're only seeing me for what, maybe 50, 90 minutes a week. You have a lot of other life to live. You have a lot of other responsibilities. You need to be able to be functioning and functioning well. You can't be constantly triggered and activated because you're trying to work through your trauma. You know, this is supposed to help supplement and improve your life, not cause other detriments in your life. Yeah, and then, I think that's really 
important to to think about is that any type of therapy, it's meant to be helpful to you. So it's right that any of it could be detrimental as well, right? And that it's really important that some sort of space of safety is created both through the credentials of the therapist and then also making sure it's the right fit um, for what they actually need in that moment. Right. And if you have another co-occurring disorder, you want to make sure that your therapist is also trained in handling that. So whether it be a substance use disorder, whether it be a mood disorder or some sort of like psychosis that you might be experiencing, you want to make sure that the therapist is very, is very well aware, well versed and knows how to conduct EMDR with both of those things in the room. Amazing. And I think the last part of the question is like, what is the success rate? That's a really good question. And I think that that's an important question to ask because a lot of therapy feels like it's a soft science. You know, what is success? And EMDR is an evidence-based treatment and it's the most researched treatment for PTSD. And so just to give one research study that's been done on EMDR. So in the study comparing EMDR with Prozac and talk therapy, the EMDR group superior in the amelioration of both PTSD and depressive symptoms. And the EMDR group continued to improve after the research was completed, while both the the Prozac participants and the talk therapy participants became symptomatic again. So essentially what that's saying is EMDR works in the moment and it stays working. The effects stay with you. So that's really hopeful to have in mind. That's very hopeful. And I think that's what makes it different from maybe a lot of other types of talk therapy, which of course can be beneficial in their own way. But the one thing that I've recognized from my own clients who have done EMDR, so I work as, as most of you know, who are listening, I work with couples and there have been many reasons throughout my practice that I've sent one person within the dyad or even both people to see someone for EMDR. And that's because a lot of the time when I'm working with people in a relationship, their trauma is really coming up for them. And that's what's making it challenging to navigate conflict or to navigate connection. So not just conflict, our trauma can also make it hard for us to be physically close or to feel comfortable with sex or any of those types of things. And so I recommended EMDR. And the thing that I've noticed is that after people do it, they really leave with skills and feeling different. Like they have a stronger ability to kind of ground themselves, a stronger ability to feel as if they can stay in the moment and not get swept away by those triggers, which is always really helpful to me as a couples therapist. So I'm like, okay, great. Now we can do the work that we need to do, but I've seen it have such a great success rate. I actually work a lot with individuals who are in couples therapy and they share with me how much easier it is for them to stay in the room and stay within that conflict or emotional distress after they've been able to work through some of their own stuff. Yeah, which brings up just another point is that couples therapy is often not just a great place to heal the relationship, but a great place to kind of figure out where you might need some support as well because our partners are great mirrors 
for the things that we don't necessarily want to see or address. <laughs> oh, that's typically the case. <laughs> Very much the case. I've had so many experiences where I've been working with just one person in the room and I think one thing's going on and then we do, you know, their partner comes in the room for something and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, now I can see the whole picture and it's a little bit different than what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Marta's going to continue to be here with us for the next few days, and we're going to keep discussing EMDR. Tomorrow, we are going to talk about how long EMDR typically lasts. Somebody had a question about that. And so I'm going to ask this to Marta and maybe kind of find out what that process looks like. So make sure that you tune in tomorrow, and we can't wait to chat with you then. I'm Liz Earnshaw, and you can find me on Instagram at Liz Listens. Thank you so much for listening to Good Risings. We love to hear from you, so please take a moment to leave us a review. Until next time, love on your loved ones, and when that gets hard, tune in to me to learn how to hash it out. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.